hard to read this certain series of Job, and we've reached uh, chapter 13 and 14. I was going to try to do four chapters, but I thought I would spare you, because then the sermon might be very too long. Um, so the point of the book we are now, uh, Job's friend has uh, all given one response to Job. They're, the book is made up of three cycles of responses. The third cycle is kind of broken, but the first two, uh, first two cycles, each of his friends, uh, <coughs> Eliphaz, Sophaz, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Sophaz, they would speak, and Job would respond in between. And then what 13 and 14 is, is a job, Job's um, response to, uh, to so far and to all of them. So he kind of he takes two chapters to, um, to, to to talk about what he thinks about their advice. Um, the sneak peek is he's not very he's not very encouraged by their advice, and he would rather have them just be quiet and listen. Um, this is all happening while he has skin that breaks out, heals, and then breaks out again. And now, as he was talking about last time, there is worms and maggots coming out to eat that flesh, flesh the dead flesh. Um, yeah, so instead of comforting the friends and... Uh, yeah, they're not comforting, and that even in their what they call even in the in the unit as they're trying to help, uh, they actually had insults and a condemnation to Job uh, because they keep insisting that he's supposed to repent of these sins that he hasn't done, and uh, then they conclude that he must have some secret sin, so they start guessing about what he has done wrong. And then they also kind of, most of them add up that, well, because your family died, they must have been sinned, and that's got judgment on you. So instead of being people that counsel and console, they kind of become the opposites. Um, they didn't do a good job in the beginning, they just came into Sabbath school for seven days. But since they've been opened in their mouths, they've kind of just added to Job's misery. They keep pointing to uh, old wisdom because they can't see any, they can't see that Job has done anything wrong. So just say, oh, but just don't, <coughs> sorry, but just, uh, um, just do like the old people or the people of old, the you will pass from. It's also, like I've been saying the last couple of weeks, it's kind of, his friends are kind of um, promoted this very early prosperity gospel. That if you just repent, you'll get everything and more of what you had before. Uh, which is pretty big, because Job had a lot. Um, and there's no real, there's no real basis that they can guarantee that that'll happen. They also promised that the wicked people will suffer, and all of his enemies would be put to, put, put to shame. Which they can't really promise either. 
So it's kind of just this strange gospel that they have of good news that, all right, you're suffering now, but that's because you're sinning. If you stop sinning, you'll get lots of prosperity, and all your enemies will be shamed and happy. Um, in the book of Job, um, I've said that, I think here, and also in the Bible study that there are many things said about God that are not accurate. Um, there's, a, there's a wrong theology about who God is, and definitely a wrong theology of how to apply who God is. But like we've talked about, this this is a wisdom literature. So what we learn, learn from this, can you get the other one? This is the one that goes out. Just a break. Are you listening, Joe? Uh, Vlad is giving me another microphone. <laughs> and this is just the introduction, so it's gonna get better from here. <clears throat> hello, hello. Yes, you can hear me. Thank you, thank you very much, Vlad. Um, so it's a it's wisdom literature and. Um, the thing about wisdom, wisdom literature is it, it gives us a lot of information, but we, the, 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 you can say the wisdom part is how do we apply this? So when Job says something about God, when his friend says something about God, we have to be aware, is this true what they're saying? And if it's true, can this actually be applied to Job's situation? Um, and uh, so that's the, maybe the challenge with wisdom literature. And I've used this example many times uh, in the Proverbs. It says, you don't answer a fool, and then later it says, you answer a fool according to his folly. What does that mean? Oh, it's contradiction. No, it means that we have to be aware in the situations of how to apply wisdom. So also here, when we come to this book, that many is like, when I, when I say we're doing this book, it's like, oh, it's so hard. Well, at least it, is, uh, it takes for us some work. But it's also a, a beautiful book with a lot of questions that a lot of people today also are asking. And ultimately also we ask. Because just like Kaleen and Vlad saying, God might not be punishing us. But if God is almighty, it is passed through his hands. So how do we feel about God when we are in trouble? Um, the big question is why? Why does things happen? Why is it that wicked people prosper? Questions that have been asked for thousands of years. That is also part of what Job, the book of Job talks about. Um, So I was just preparing, and I, I just want to just read, like we, I'm praying for us. I'm praying that God will lead you and me and us through His Holy Spirit, will illuminate our minds and our hearts to see
see who he is and that in our lives we will glorify Jesus to the glory of the Father as we go through the book of Job. I'll reiterate and say, uh, please don't just come here and expect me to tell you everything about the book. I, I, I don't think we have time for that. Plus, I also would really like to, for you to read the book and note down what God teaches you through it and share that with one another because as we study together, we will get a lot more out of it. Um, and of course, you can also ask me questions and stuff because on Sundays I don't say everything I know because um, because I, I kind of pick a topic or something and then we'll go through that. Today's topic was one of the things that stuck out to me is, is hope. So that's kind of be one of the things. Um, I think I'm going to take a break and have uh, my uh, assistant, uh, Rita, come and read for us because he does a good job in reading, uh, if you would like to, and, uh, and, uh, and Abel would read for us. Garment that is moth eaten, 
Man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. And do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me to judgment with you? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? There is not one. Since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass, look away from him and leave him alone, that he may enjoy like a hired man his day. For there is hope for a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its shoots will not cease, though its root grow old in the earth and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water it will bud and put out branches like a young plant. But a man dies and is laid low. Man breathes his last, and where is he? As waters fail from a lake, and a river wastes away and dries up, so a man lies down and rises not again. Till the heavens are no more, he will not awake or be roused out of the sea. Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol, that you would conceal me until your wrath be past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands. For then you would number my steps. You would not keep watch over my sin. My transgression would be sealed up in a bag and you would cover over my iniquity. But the mountain falls and troubles away, and the rock is removed from its place. The waters wear away the stones, the torrents wash away the soil of the earth, so you destroy the hope of man. You prevail forever against him, and he passes. You change his countenance and send him away. His sons come to honor, and he does not know it. They are brought low, and he perceives it not. He feels only the pain of his own body and he mourns only for himself. Thank you very much, Abel. So this was, this was Joseph's response and he comes out uh, he comes out what do you call it in, in, in American English he comes out swinging. He comes out like, I understand exactly everything and more than all of you guys and you are terrible at giving advice i'm not inferior to you at all and i don't really want your advice anymore but i ask you to listen to me now i want to i want to argue my case with god and if you could just be quiet then you would seem like you were wise that's even a problem from the proverbs and even the fool even the fool seems intelligent when he just keeps his mouth shut. So Job goes on and say, would you just listen to what I'm saying? Listen to my arguments. And then he goes into like, you guys, you don't understand who God is. You're speaking falsely about who God is. And God knows that. And you're going to pay for that. Why do you say things that are not true about me? Why do you think you have to defend God? He's going to search deep things of you and he will rebuke you. Spoiler alert, that is going to happen. Um, 
And he asked them, but aren't you really, aren't you afraid of God? Why would you even say things like this? Aren't you, aren't you like concerned about what God thinks about what you, what you say? And then he concludes in this poetic fashion saying, um, again, your maxims are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. He's saying the things you think is wise is just like ashes being blown away. And you, your guys' defenses are like if you built a defense out of clay, which is so easy to spread. Um, so let's just say Job's not impressed with their <laughs> advice. And he thinks it would be a lot better if they could just be quiet. Which he says again. Let me have silence. But then he enters into something else. He enters into, now I'm going to speak, no matter what happens. And then 14 is weird. I, it's like, what does this mean? Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand? I was like, I just put a big question mark. And then I read a bunch of commentaries saying, well, it's kind of, it's kind of Job saying that, okay, no, well, no matter what happens now, I'm going to speak with God. I'm just going to put, you know, my... I'm going to put my life in my own hands, maybe that's what we would say today. Um, and then he looks at this, this, uh, this, this kind of a complicated verse 15. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will, uh, yet I will argue my ways to his face. Um, I like that translation here because it gives hope that he has hope. Now the problem with this is uh, smaller people than me would see say that though he slay me, I will hope. But in the slaying, there's this kind of, there's this notion that they can go both ways. That it, that it can give hope, but it can also be something where he's losing hope at this point. Um, because if you continue to slay me, God, I will lose hope. Um, then he comes back in, in 16 and says, but this is my salvation. Because Job, is, Job totally believes at this point in time that he could step, because he feels like he hasn't done anything wrong, that he can step towards God and say, if I could just, if I could just speak my case, he's going to come to the two same conclusions why he can't really do that. But, and that's because God's, he feels like God has his hand on him and because he's super afraid and has all of God. But he says in 16 something that sounds like, this will be my salvation that the godless shall not come before him. Now, reverse argumentation on this would be, well, I'm not godless. That means I can come before God. So he has hope and he has salvation that because he's not godless, he will be able to speak with God. And then, I don't know if they're falling asleep, his friend, he says, just keep listening to my words. We come back to this notion that he has been at home and he's prepared a case and he's ready to go to court. Not to get God convicted like most of us today and the world today would want to judge God on, on our standards and they just, God should be this and this way. No, Job, he would like God just to listen to him and then if, if he feels, or he believes that if he could just present his case to God, then God would say, I know, you're blameless. And then everybody who's laughing at him, scorning at him, they would say, no, he didn't do anything wrong. All his accusers are saying he just does, does, does something wrong. Job would just like God to say, you didn't do anything wrong. 
And then he challenges them again, like, who can condemn me? Who can condemn me? What have I done wrong? Because then I will just be silent and die if I have done something wrong. Goes all the way back to his wife, saying, just curse God and die. But, but can you point out anything I've done wrong? Because then I would just die. Then in 20, we come to this part where, well, why is it that Job doesn't feel like he can do this then? He's, now he's, he's so bold, but then you seem like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but then come to 20. Well, there's two things that still um, is holding Job back from being able to just go front of God. He feels like God is like pushing him down with all the things that are happening. So he's asking, can you just withdraw your hand from me and take away the ter- terror I have for you? Then I will call. Then, oh, then, then you call and I'll answer. Spoiler alert, he can't answer when, Job, when God, God speaks. Um, oh, let me speak and then you can reply to me. He's asking, where are my sins? Make known my transgressions and sins. Why is it that you're so far away? This is this complicated thing. It's like, you're so pointing me down with your hand, but then you're so far away. And why do you count me as your enemy? And again, the poignant image of like, God, you're so powerful. Why are you even threatening just a leaf in the wind? Chaff that's the thing that they put up from after grain just flying away. Why are you frightening somebody insignificant as me? Why are you bringing things up I've done wrong when I'm just a small kid right in my youth? And back to this notion of like, God, you're, what you're doing is you're going to set me fast and I can't move. You can't move. It's, uh, in the old days, they would put people in stocks and they couldn't move. You've set limits for me and I can't move without those limits. But as we know, these limits are actually the only thing that's now keeping Job alive. Because those limits are the guy hedging him in so the enemy can't just kill him. Then he goes in a more dramatic fashion and says, well, man wastes away like run things and like a garment that is moth-run. Talking about the fragility and the fragileness of human life. Um, and he continues there in 6 and saying, Life is short. And right now, the last, last days of his life has just been full of so much trouble. Just like a flower, it just kind of gets the flower shoots shoot up, it, it, uh, it withers like a shadow. And if I'm like that, or if humans are like that, how can you just, how can you just, as you open up my eyes, you bring me into judgment. And then he says, well, how can any of us be clean if we all come from something unclean? Then he says, there's none. But we know there's one. He says, all the, day, all the days are determined 
just let me, just let man get a little rest, a little peace, then you can enjoy just at least just one day, just like when a servant gets paid. Then we come into this part where where it seems like there's more hope for a tree than a person. <laughs> He's saying it's like, well, if a tree dies, there's a chance that the roots is going to hit water and then we have new sprouts coming up. And then he says, but what happens when a man dies? It's not like if he gets into the ground and ground touches his body, there's going to come new life up. So you kind of contrast those two things together. And then he says, if that's true, and if you're angry with me, then why couldn't you just hide me in, like, principle, why couldn't you just kill me and hide me in death, in, the, in death? And then when you stop being angry with me, then you could remember me and rise me again. If a man dies, will he live again? All the days of my service, I'll wait for my renewal to come. Again, would you call? And I would answer. And he wishes you would long for the hands, or for the work of your hands. We talked about it earlier. It's like, guys, you made me so intricately. You made me, but now it seems like you're punishing me. So, if you would call for me, it would also be a sign that you would actually want to be with me. The work of your hands. Because Job's feeling the opposite. He's feeling that God is punishing him. And that, he, that he's destroying the work of his hands. He's asking, I know you have set all the boundaries. Would you cover up my iniquities? He doesn't arrive at the most encouraging place. So we have to look a little bit, because as we've gone through this, you may see, well, it's like he seems to have a hope in some places, and then it seems like the hope is, is leaking out. And then he seems to have a hope again, and then it seems like it's leaking out again. Because then he comes back to, well, as we look at nature, the mountains fail and they crumble. The rocks are moved and the waters uh, wear away stones over time. And like soil is moved by wind and, and rain, so God, you, do, you destroy the hope of man. Because of the pressures of life over time, toil and pain, sorrow, God, I'm losing my hope. You prevail forever against him. And he passes. Change his countenance and you send him away. And he doesn't even know that his sons get honor. But you know what? It feels like I can only feel my own pain. And I'm only mourning for my son.
So maybe that's the two, ver two chapters in the book that are the most encouraging to you. But we have to enter in what is happening here. Like I said, it's like an ebb and flow of Job's hope. He still has hope, but he just feels, he, he has a notion that it's wrong about God. That God is out to punish him, that he's out to get him. And like Vlad touched on earlier, when God is really glorified in us, in us, is when we're most satisfied in him. But Job's not satisfied at this point in God. Because his theology doesn't allow him this to happen. Like we talked about last week, and we're also going to get to, into it, the expectation of suffering is not really there in the Old Testament. When we come to the New Testament, there's a high expectation of righteous people suffering. You can say that's built out by the prophets too, and especially the prediction of Jesus Christ dying in Isaiah 53. There you see a suffering servant who has done nothing wrong. The full revelation of Jesus Christ dying on the cross and for the apostles and the early disciples, suffering was inevitable. We talked about last time that Jesus' promises, he gives some promises, and one of them is you will have trouble in this life. But there's great hope there too, because he just said, you can have, you, I have overcome the world and you can have peace in me. The storms and the troubles of your lives are not going to be removed sometimes. But God is there with us. Now the thing is that the main question I think we have here is about hope. And Job's hope, you can say, is sometimes it seems like he has a lot of hope and then there's a lot of pain and some of the hope goes out. and Then he still has hope. and So it's it fluctuates, it seems for us at reading. Now the question would be, is, could there be a hope that's more steadfast, that can't be shaken? And like I said before, the theology of Job, the theology of God is mostly wrong in Job. But then what is God like? So there's some things you can put your hope in in this life. You can put your hope in your job, your education, your money, your children, other things, uh, lots of other things. But all those things, they can fall away. Um, in Timothy, we are, we are asked, 1 Timothy 6, 17, we are asked not to, not to put our hope in riches because they can just disappear as fast as they came. There's got to be a hope that's more solid. So where is your hope? What is your hope built on? Is that removed when you feel bad? Or just don't have a good day? Is your hope gone? I have a few things that I would like for us to consider. We're going to have from Peter and from Romans. That talks about hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guided through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at last time. This is a very different hope than Job has. It's a very, very different theology of who God is. Because Peter bursts out in a blessing for God the Father. Because of His great mercy. Not because He puts hands on us and us out to get us, as we talked about last time. No, because of His great mercy. He has caused us, if we believe in Him, to be born again to a living hope. Where does that living hope come from? It comes from the life, death, and here the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's where we get our hope. The hope's not fully, fully developed or fully revealed. Because it talks about it's an inheritance, but we didn't get the whole inheritance. We got a down payment got the Holy Spirit inside of us. But we're still looking for the inheritance that will come when Jesus returns. So it's a very different hope. Peter continues, Therefore, prepare your minds for action, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace of God. Mercy of God, grace of God. That will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ is coming, we come back and be revealed. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also should be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile. Knowing that you were ransomed from this future ways from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but through the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the, before the foundation of the world. But he was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you. Who through him are be our believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Faith in God. Hope in the grace of God. Hope in the mercy of God. All related to Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and coming back. Paul writes to the Romans, since, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hope in the glory of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. Through Jesus. Life, death, resurrection, coming back. That gives us the courage to rejoice in our sufferings. We've talked about this before. We had a whole series in rejoicing in our sufferings in Hebrews. Rejoicing in our sufferings. Why? Because knowing 
that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. A hope that doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which is given to us. Hope in the mercy of God, hope in the grace of God, hope in the glory of God, hope that's not put to shame, hope that produces character, hope that's poured out and we've known the love of God through the Holy Spirit. Paul continues, we were still weak, right at the right time Christ died for ungodly, for the ungodly. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We've been justified by his blood, we'll be saved from the wrath of God, we were reconciled while we were still enemies, and we were saved by Jesus' life. Therefore now we can rejoice through Jesus Christ. And we have now reconciliation with God. So that was just a fast going through why we can have so much of a different hope. We can have a very different hope because we have a living hope. We can have a living hope by the mercy of God. Through the resurrection, life, death, and resurrection, Jesus is coming back. We have an inheritance still. Our hope is in the hope of the grace of God. Our hope is by faith in God, in His character. Our hope is in the glory of God. And He's going to produce hope as He shapes our character. How do we know all those things? Because we believed in the one he sent. We believe and confess by faith to Jesus. He was the one that suffered. And he had did nothing wrong. Didn't do anything wrong as he lived, as he died, as he rose again. But by faith we can believe in him, receive the Holy Spirit, and anticipate the inheritance that will come. This is a very different view of who God is. Not a God that's out to get you, that's out to slay you, that's out to take hope from you. And we see in Jesus Christ, we see a God who pursues, who enters in, who by His grace gives us hope, love, and mercy. Again, I just... You can also say, I should say that. But that's the power of studying the Bible together. That's the power of being together as a fellowship. As we pursue God through the scriptures, as he's pursuing us and our hearts. That does not mean that like Job's friends, I can tell you, oh, if you just do this and don't do wrong, then you're just going to have great things. No. Statistically, probably, if you do everything right, it's going to be a lot harder to live in this life. But, and we grasp the mercy and the grace of God and the peace of God, then we might actually be equipped to be fantastic lights in this world. And even though things aren't good, God can work them for good for other people. 
and ultimately for us because we would enjoy him through it. We have the questions here, um, things to reflect about. What wisdom have we learned? Is Job, is, is Job full of hope? What would you say to Job? What is your hope? And has that hope be shaken? Is there hope that can't be shaken? I, just, I wrote this thing out. I just want to read it over us. Lord, help us to see that you are hope. That you love us. That you made a way through Jesus. Jesus, that you served us as you honored your following and glorified your father by living, dying, and resurrecting. And that we have this strong hope that you're coming back to restore all things. You've given us the Holy Spirit through a down payment. And the Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just bring Jesus' teaching to, to mind about who you are, God. Give us the power and the confidence to have this hope to live in this life. That we would walk in the good works that you have prepared for us, God, before the world began. Help us to be steadfast in you, Jesus, knowing that you're the one holding us, that you're keeping us. Help us to trust in you as our hope. Amen. Lord, I just pray that those things would just be true for all of us here, and I just pray for the kids downstairs as well. For all of us with our understanding, that we would just understand you way better than Job's friends, and even Job. Lord, I pray we would just we would see who you are clear. We would know, not just with our minds, but with our whole bodies, soul, and spirit, what you've done for us and made a way to be reconciled to you. May our hope be your, may our hope be founded in your grace, your mercy, may your joy. The Holy Spirit will work in us. We work up in us in this, in these days where we're shaking. This hope that Jesus talks about, this peace that he talks about, knowing that you're near. May you bless each of us with your nearness and your presence. And I just ask that you would help us, Lord. Help us be this light. Help us to enjoy being lights here in this place that you set us. Help us to believe that you have that power through the Holy Spirit to do exactly the things you want to do through each one of us. And that will be our hope. And joy that you would use us to do those things. Have us be your ambassadors day by day. By loving one another, our children, our spouses, the people we meet. Help us be a light in this world to glorify you and grow in the grace and knowledge of who you are. We thank you for this time. May you be on us in Jesus' name. Amen.